Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Banished Zone, the show about flesh and blood that is tired of your bullshit and wagering <laughs> that it's going to hit you in the face. Who's bullshit? And also, I'm Chris. First of all, listeners. Second of all, you're Chris. Hi. Yeah. Oh, I'm Bryn. Yeah. Cool. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, if, we you, nailed it. if you have not been following along, if you have not been listening at home, I just got back from a three week long tour. Mm-hmm. Are, are your arms tired? Would you say, boy, are my arms I tired? I was not flying. <laughs> but so your arms aren't tired. Okay. Not at all. Continue. My arms are not tired. My head hurts and mm-hmm. I'm sleepy. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to stop me from talking about my favorite game, mm-hmm. Flesh and Blood. The best game. <laughs> yeah, blood. the best game, the glorious game they call it. Yeah, so I mean, I had a great tour. I got to. I think we should start off. I should tell you about all the people I saw from Flesh and Blood. Mm-hmm. Incredible, they're creeping into your music life too. Yeah, um, my band Stay Inside, which Chris is. Oh, yeah, maybe coincidentally, you are uh, wearing the, v- the sweatshirt. sweatshirt of, yeah, <laughs> the sweatshirt of. Mm-hmm. Um, we went on a cross country tour. Um, which I posted about on Twitter. Um, not everybody saw it. I had um, Roger in Indianapolis and my, Roger and Michael in Indianapolis mm-hmm. be like, oh, I didn't know. Damn, because we hit <laughs> Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. Logan from Flesh and Pod came out to Kansas City and, and Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, a.k.a. Darth Prentice, correct? Darth Prentice mm-hmm. came cool. out, so I hung out with them. Logan... Uh, for some reason left his cards in his hotel and didn't play with me. Um, mm. I will not be forgiving him for that. Um, yeah. Some stuff you just shouldn't forgive. That's one of them. <laughs> you brought him that far when I bring him to the show. I don't know. Um, but uh, then who else did I see? Oh, I w- all the way in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to fab foundry mm-hmm. and hung out with uh, James and Mitch uh, and Carrie um, and all the people, Travis runs the store. Yeah, you were Very telling me- beautiful store. It's the only store yeah. in North America or the only store in not Japan. It's the first only flesh and blood store. Yeah, yeah. What, were, what was I telling you? Yeah, I, I was going to say that. You you brought it up without me stepping all over you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was really cool. It's really it's cool, cool that there's that there's now flesh and blood exclusive stores. Mm-hmm. Um, it so was like- a great armory. When, when you say flesh and blood exclusive, you mean like that's the only TCG they do events for, or that's like the only product they sell is like sleeves. They do not sell any other product, any other games. It they just, sell flesh and blood cards. It's like flesh and blood cards and sleeves. And that's it. And that's it. I think they had mats and like promos and okay. they had They had singles, right? Like singles. They had in a singles. Thing. It mm-hmm. was a flesh and blood store. Yeah. It is not a card game store. It is a flesh and blood store. Now, I wonder how many events they do. Like, do they do a flesh and blood event every you night? Are, you, I, this is being recorded November 24th. Um, maybe they've changed. But when I was there, I didn't see any other cards. Sure, sure. Uh, card games. Or even board games. Just flesh and blood. It's a small store, mm-hmm. but it had you know a 16-person armory. Nice. And uh, very cool. Mm-hmm. I, I Thanks, Travis, for having me. Uh, it was a beautiful place. If you're in Portland or in the Pacific Northwest, stop by. Yeah, why not check they it have out? A, they have a great little community there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. I lost every game. Damn, that happens sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just went to a local armory a couple of days ago, and I won one game, lost two. So, one and two happens to the best of yeah, us. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, it it sucks to go zeros, but uh, you know, whatever. I got to meet all the new people. 
I got to see Portland. Just got to play a fun deck, I'm sure. Yes, it was a great time. Yeah, cool. So that's what I've been doing, and that's why there hasn't been an episode in a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first episode in a while, so we have a lot to talk about. Many things um, have happened, yeah. And depending on how tired I get, this might be a little bit of a long one. Mm-hmm. So how, what did you do in Flesh and Blood? We don't usually do this. <laughs> but, uh, what did what are you what have you been doing for the past almost month? Uh, I'm trying to remember if anything exciting happened because you left right after ProQuest season ended. Because like, we played in uh, I played in three ProQuests, I guess. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about time. that already. And then skirmish season started and I haven't played any skirmishes. So I think I've just been playing a lot of armories. Um, I've been trying out Katsu lately. Um, we talked about on the uh, ProQuest episode that I like did a sort of like a fallback pick of Fi for that ProQuest that I ended up winning. Because um, before Lexi came out, I was like pretty dedicated to uh, sorry, sorry. Pl- playing Fi. Uh, it's like the main deck I played. So I had a lot of reps on it and like it seemed like a good pick for that pro quest i think it's definitely a good pick in this current meta but i have so many reps on it katsu or fi uh both like fi definitely ninja. seems really good ninja well, is yes good. while we were while i was away uh worlds happened mm-hmm. the world's championships yeah. in barcelona happened and uh as you all know by now um we called it i we called it baby <laughs> i made a post and there's a video on the channel of when we called it mm-hmm. actually they asked us to I believe the tournament organizer asked us to do a little um, interstitial promo, Mm -hmm. which I felt so (laughs) I was like, they were like, make a little short video about like introducing yourself and Mm -hmm. where to watch your stuff and who you think is going to win. That was the only direction. Yeah. And some people were like, we're going to make a five minute video about our channel. There were some real long ones. And I was like, wow, that's great. Like Sneep's video is crazy long and Mm -hmm. interesting and fun. They really went all out because it's like, I guess they were like, well, we're going to be on the world stream. So we got to look real cool and do something really fun. Sure. Um, I don't know if they asked people to do different lengths. Yeah, maybe it's, it's possible. Um, we were just conservative and we're like, well, it's just a little I was just like, I don't want to take up too much time. I, I was yeah, like yeah. literally like, okay, we can't take, do too long. Like I just wanted a little quick thing. I thought they'd want time. Yeah, yeah. But in retrospect, we should have just done something fun. We just done a 10 minute episode um, of the show or something. But what yeah. we did do is call the finals of Worlds. Yeah. Because um, we didn't really talk about it that much of like what we thought. Because we're not, you've listened to the show before. <laughs> we're not like, extremely high level competitive commentary show like Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily trust my intuition all the time but i feel like i'm off we're often pretty good at calling what the how the meta will change it was a pretty good call on on both our parts yeah i honestly felt like mine was more like i think i when you guessed it i thought you were more likely to be right like because you guessed icelander and i guess phi uh, I was partially just saying Fi because I was like, eh, Fi just felt really good to play in that ProQuest. Like, he's losing his worst <laughs> matchup. I mean, I just, it felt like it was a great meta for Fi, assuming there weren't a lot of Icelanders. Were there two Fi's in the top eight? There were two Fi's in the top eight. Yeah. Even though Icelander was the most played deck. That's the thing. Is like, if you look at the breakdown of who showed up, you'd probably be like, ooh, a lot of Icelanders. Yeah, when they showed the breakdown of 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 who the most played decks were. I was like, I'm going to win. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. It's, it's there. Yeah. I think uh, not, th- not that it was a contest, Yeah, but <laughs> uh, no, I felt like, wow, I really did pick the right hero. I mean, she's consistent. Mm-hmm. She's powerful. She's just disruptive. She just always like, it feels like since she came out, 
after Prism LL'd, she could always make a top eight or win an event, whatever the meta was. Like, she was good into Oldham, she's good into Bravo, she's good into Fi, she's like, was, is okay into Dromai, got worse, but like, that was playable. Yes. I, uh, someone pointed out, I think it was the table, no, the armed pit. Okay. Um, you're telling me a pit has these arms? No. Uh, <laughs> You gotta, you gotta come <laughs> correct if you're gonna try something like that. But um, no, you're telling me it was on. Try it later. <laughs> they um, they pointed out that like on the interview that Flake did with uh, James, Brian, and Chris. I always want to say Iali, but it's not Chris Iali. Oh, yeah. It's uh, is the it other Chris. Chris Gehring, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the designer, um, developer. They were like, yeah, Flesh and Blood 2.0 is about all this other stuff that they wrote about about the, you know the the way the sets were it's funny he kind of meant didn't mention that stuff oh like, yeah that's in true. the flesh and blood 2.0 article he was like this is about how we're gonna end um first edition mm -hmm. and we're gonna have it all be wrapped up and the cold foils are different that's true and then, yeah uh they kind of ended up tied in with like the the like theory of how heroes are designed as well right and his main point was like um the action point economy, right? Like the action 1.0 point point was just like, here's free action points. And they were all like, the time. Whenever we do that, those heroes are kind of busted and other. Heroes and then someone can't just point out, pointed out that they, uh, released an Arachne specialization. That was like, when you play this, all the fucking cards you have get go again. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, is what James was saying in that interview. He was like, maybe we, you should like spend some resources or spend a card to have go again. Not just right. like, get it, it is true. On sip it, sip or whatever. That card does seem crazy. It seems pretty good. Um, yeah. But yes, it's not on his hero text. Yeah. Like Arachne, uh, uh, solitary. solitary confinement, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a pretty good hero, I think. That'll be interesting. We'll talk about this later when we talk about uh, skirmish. blitz and skirmishes and stuff. I feel like no one's playing Arachne solitary confinement, but that deck is crazy sometimes. There's just better stuff you can do in blitz currently, I think, although we'll see. Like what? Because I... All right, Aiden? we'll talk yeah, about sorry, worlds sorry. first. So... Uh, so five one worlds. It mm -hmm. was a somebody no one had heard of from Greece. I think his biggest accomplishment before this was winning a ProQuest. Right. So um, he just like me for real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you won worlds. No, that's crazy. Before before he got to worlds, we were the same. Now he's uh, much more. Now he's a me. world champion. Now he's yeah. won a hundred grand playing Flesh and Blood. <laughs> yeah, but which is what you want to do. Sure. I mean, who doesn't? I don't think I need to. Do, I mean, if I could have done it snap my fingers but i'm not trying to put in the work to do such a thing i could put in the work i know you can um chris is trying to trying to become a household name i think people uh, the, sure, yeah. the people are going to be saying yunk on twitter all the time yeah, yeah, yeah. soon enough flake is going to be making just the best jokes about <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i should uh, i should tell him to get started now because he'll, he'll want to brood up for all the time yeah just days. so you know my last name is yunk so do with that, that get that ball rolling. <laughs> yeah, think of whatever you, whatever you can throw at me mm -hmm. for the top eight. Family friendly, of course, but you know, that's not that's ever stopping. Yeah, don't say funk. They might throw you in jail. <laughs> um, that kind of that kind of music is not allowed. Right. Um, so worlds was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and out. So nobody LL'd. We still got Icelander in the That's meta. That's true. Icelander could have easily LL'd. I think Icelander was the only one that could just clean LL. If Dash won Worlds, I think she would have literally been at 998. She would have hit the uh, oh. Briar number. So she would have been like on the razor's edge. This is OG Dash. Dash Adventure yeah, Extraordinaire. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no one else was uh, super close. So instead, we just got Phi up to 700. So he could go at any time. He could stick around for another year. It's hard yeah, to say. Yeah, I mean, he'd have to win a Pro Tour now. Yeah, he could win a Pro Tour. He could win, like, there is, the beginning of next year has um, a RTN season and a ProQuest season. But for the rest together. of the year and basically till February, the meta will not change. Yeah, um, up, unless up they until drop heavy some sort of other product before that. But I don't think they will. Yeah, maybe if if like Icelander wins a battle hardened or something, she get LL. There's like a sort of small. Is she chance. that close? She's at like nine seventy, I think. She's pretty close. Nine seventy. She's way up there. Yeah, so she could go pretty soon. Um, but unless Icelander hits something in LLs. So here's a question. Yeah. Everyone's going to be busy for the holidays. Twitter will probably die down. Sure. Armory kind of go down. Although yeah, yeah. there is like the cool Santa promo. Was it Squizzy and Floof? Squeeze Cold Why is his name Squizzy? I don't know what that is. Maybe I never This really sounds like a it. New Zealand I thing. I was just going to, as you asked that, I was like, <laughs> it's probably a New Zealand type of thing. Where they're like, everyone knows about Squizzy and Floof. They come and eat your Christmas cookies on uh, the 24th. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't um, know. We have it in, do they even have Christmas in summer? Is that how it works? I think like so. it's Christmas a summer thing. Yeah, that so. doesn't make any sense. Well, the whole point of of Christmas is that it's like the winter solstice. Well, down there it's New summertime. Zealand. New Zealanders, please write in and tell us what Christmas is like and what do you do in winter. Do you have a sort of different winter celebration to mm, like, like in June or July? Like Post harvest, grandparents dying from the cold. Mm-hmm. You know, like what what. Like how culturally, how does it work culturally? Because I'm yeah, actually interested in that now that I'm thinking about it. Because it doesn't line up with with Christmas. Does not add up. It's supposed to have snow. Yeah. Maybe, they just, maybe they just get fake snow. Maybe they like lean into the like standard aesthetics of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you can't have. I mean, like Christmas in LA is also pretty like lame in terms sure. of like it's not very cold. It's never, it's never white. Yeah, it's never, it's never been white ever. Um, I think the last time it snowed in LA was 1973. Damn. Um, unless it snowed more recently than that. Um, since the last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then it was just like, ooh, some flakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, of course. You can celebrate Christmas where Christmas wherever. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Um, but I'm interested culturally. Like, yeah. what, what is it? Does it get cold in New Zealand? Does it get snowy? I remember someone telling me about australian winter not new zealand and they were saying like it's not that cold it kind of gets like foggy and like chilly but it's not like super snowy so i don't know what new zealand's climate is like though anyway right in tell me about winter in new yeah, zealand yeah, yeah. um do you leave out ice milk for santa because it's gonna be it's gonna be hot <laughs> maybe oh yeah ice Summer, milk summertime or maybe it's just a drinking culture maybe gatorade i don't know um so there's there was a ton of announcements at worlds yeah um Oh, well, before we get what to that, say, yeah, about I wanted to, December. I wanted to ask, okay, so the shitty Christmas present, Slizzy and flu or whatever mm-hmm. comes out, people kind of stop talking about flesh and blood. Do you think that by the time January comes around, because what we're talking about is basically three months, because Heavy Hitters comes out at the end of February? Uh, Something like that, yeah. And it was, you know, announced a few weeks ago, like... Two and so. a half months. Yeah, yeah. Will people start to complain online about a stale meta? Uh, I d- is two and a half months enough? 
I doubt it because there's not much of a meta to like there's there's some events there's the realm brawl is happening in December right I think there's like a couple battle hardens there's like a smattering of events that are happening but uh I think because like worlds was a brand new meta and I think that was like that was the biggest shakeup of the year was Lexi LLing I would say like but people were just complaining for like a month about a stale meta I think I mean people were complaining they were complaining about Lexi. Lexi and then there was this like uh sort of like reflexive fear everyone was like and this was really weird because this was happening while Lexi was legal. Like Dromai won a calling that Lexi made the top eight of. Remember, it was like right. the finals uh-huh. was Dromai Mirror. Dromai's gonna oh, take over. Here we, got we a go. Band Dromai's taking over. Get Chromai out of here. It's too good. And <laughs> then post post Lexi, only one Dromai makes top eight at Worlds. More Fies made top eight. More yeah. more dashes made top eight. Mm-hmm. So I think hopefully people like see the error in their As ways. As we all know, Dromai's unplayable. Mm-hmm. And you, terrible hero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sucks. They banned Tomaltai. They banned Chromite. What are you supposed to do in some of those matchups? <laughs> they like, did. They banned Tome. Well, that's too. why only one one made top eight. Like he squeaked in, but it was not. You know, they he banned it because he it was didn't super have broken. Tome or Tomaltai. Yeah, yeah. They nothing. hate Tomes over no, there. No, no Tomes. They're they're always banning books. Yeah, I don't know. I think like people are hopefully a little uh, like feel like they were being chicken little running around because there was this fear that it was like I, I think a lot of people thought that we were leaving a like Lexi dominated meta and immediately going into a Dromai dominated meta. And I don't know. I feel like the people complaining were not five players. It's also because, really like, five hard. still has a good Dromai matchup and his worst matchup was LL'd. Right. It's also really hard to tell how much of that. Remember this just happened. Mm-hmm. Like people were just wringing their hands over this and saying flesh and blood was failing. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, oh, yeah. People, did we talk about that much on the show? That no. whole like conversation? I was, cause it was so stupid that people were being like, oh, people are not going to armories anymore because of yeah. Lexi or whatever. And it's like... It, it felt like a few people... It's like, not true. It felt like people took some anecdotes about their local scenes and then like repeated them enough that other people were like, we all know that there's less attendance at ProQuest. Shocking. And then, you know, like other people responding to that and being like, we should talk about the state of the game. The game's kind of failing and struggling, right? Because everyone's whining about Le- Lexi, but I actually think the game's good for these reasons. Well, like, this is what I was going to say. It's yeah. really hard for me to to get a real sense of what... Like, Flesh and Blood Twitter is really not that many people. Totally. You know? It's like hundreds that are, like, remotely active, maybe. Right. Like but, less than a thousand. And the vast majority of them are content creators. And right. I am not saying anyone in particular not putting a finger in anybody's face about this, but content creators like to touch on hot button issues. Totally. And if, yeah, yeah. if there's fear, I mean, this is how media works in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get political on this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like fear is something that gets clicks. Right. If, if someone says your favorite hero is going to get banned tomorrow or, mm-hmm. you know, the, your favorite game is failing or sucks like that gets hate clicks that gets fear clicks, you know, like, yeah. And so I, just like, I, I like, think to a certain extent, there's a, a cycle of like when something really fun is happening, mm-hmm. like a new set is coming out and heroes get revealed and we're in spoiler season. Mm-hmm. Everyone's posting about how great the game is and they love it. And it's so fun and everyone likes it. Um, you know, there are always a couple creators or whatever who are like, 
I don't like this or whatever. But like yeah. Bright Lights is I don't like mechanologists or whatever. Yeah. But like for the most part, you're in hype cycle and everyone wants to watch those things. And then when there's no news for a while, what else are you going to write about? Yeah. You're going to write, a, you're going to make videos about you just like tap into how whatever bad the, it is. the mood is. Yeah. It, it felt like a thing where, you know, enough people like broached the, t- the subject and maybe like they genuinely felt that like there was some kind of issue. Like I, I think the most concrete thing I saw people talking about other than like attendance at events, which is very anecdotal. And it's like, I don't really think there was like a huge amount of evidence to support like, you know, no one's going to ProQuest, but people were talking about like box and card prices as well. Um, and that was one, that's one thing that like is actually concrete that like, after bright lights came out, I think case prices on TCG player were like kind of low. Like there was a little bit less interest in, I think dust till dawn and bright lights in buying boxes. It seemed like, like the prices were a little bit low. Um, it seems like the, the singles market is getting a little more top heavy. Maybe like you'll have certain cards like Warmongers or like twin drive that are like 50 bucks. And then a lot of other majestics that are cheaper. Right. And I've, I feel like, flesh and blood in general is in a position where the community is so small and new Mm -hmm. um, that it is much more susceptible to the, um, the ups and downs of the market. Sure. Um, Of just like the market in general. In general. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, we are in 2023 and we're in some of the worst economic positions that America's ever been in. Mm hmm. Um, and America, while, you know, the game isn't in from America, mm-hmm. like a lot of, a lot of, um, the buyers are, it's like the biggest player base. Yeah. Is in America. Yeah. And America as an economy, mm-hmm. you know, is the world reserve currency. So it matters a lot. So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's hard to be like looking at lines of a tiny little thing and being like, this is because the game, what, what right. I, what yeah, I yeah, find yeah. really hard to to even entertain as a concept is that like if a TCG player line, which is like, you know, come on, not incredible data. We're talking yeah, about yeah. like months worth of data yeah. and be like not taking into account the entirety of the American mm-hmm. eco- economy and be like, what is the problem with the design of the game is a huge leap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and there is, specifically is like an American site, I think. So that's like telling you mostly just like how much money are American TCG fans wanting to spend on boxes of bright lights. And yeah, like right. you're saying, maybe people are just like, I have to save money for rent. So I don't want to buy as many boxes. We're or, also looking at like huge amounts of uh, player bases popping up in japan and maybe mm-hmm. they are waiting for japanese printings that are being promised sure and not yeah. buying as much of the same you know so it's it's very complicated and i just think it's interesting that like when there isn't any news mm-hmm. it kind of seems like we get more content around what is the negative things that yeah. we can talk about to like get clicks it kind of feels like that sometimes and it, i it does feel like since the world's like spoilers. i wish that wouldn't happen i feel like yeah. if you're a content creator and you're watching this maybe think about not doing that like not taking part in it like if there's interesting data and you want to talk about it mm-hmm. like for example nathan uh from the card guys yeah did a stream called the state of the game mm-hmm. and like had a very good faith you know wanting to talk yeah, about yeah. like well what is going on and like 
is there an issue at all and what are the issues that people are having and stuff mm-hmm. um yeah he had a really good approach to like the conversation I think. yeah and, and i'm it's not like how I, you should be doing i it. don't want to shit talk anybody who engages with it at all yeah. like i love nathan's content and he seems like a really nice guy and everything mm-hmm. but like i just think like I feel like it's very easy to get a little scared, especially as we approach this will be four years or five years of flesh and blood yeah, um, came years. out late 2019. Right. So right. I think the, the end of 2024 will be like year, year five, year five. I think it's the fifth anniversary. Right. Didn't they say that they're yeah. like, we're going into our fifth year because like at the end of the year, because I think welcome to Wraith came out like late 2019 my memory we're in uncharted waters right now with this game and i think a lot of people like i've said this before on the show but like i think a lot of people who play this game have a lot of ptsd a little bit about like the way their favorite card games went Mm -hmm. and are expecting at any time the other shoe to drop and be like maybe this you know and and just be like they're gonna go under at any time i'm (laughs) emotionally preparing myself for that and it's just like and i guess it makes sense doesn't seem really possible right now well especially if you're used to playing games that are function the way most tcgs function because i feel like feel like most tcgs they get any amount of popularity it's like they're started as an an offshoot of an existing brand you know it's like digimon one piece whatever and if something is like an offshoot of a brand made by a huge company like Konami or something, Hasbro, whatever. Like if the line is creeping down a little bit, if it's like still making a profit, but the profits are dwindling, that sometimes is all the reason that a company needs to like act something, you know, or to like sell it off for parts or whatever. So it, I think people are sort of like following the, they're following the market conditions as though flesh and blood is owned by, like Microsoft or something. And that they're, they're going to be like, Oh, not enough profit, like not worth the effort. We should just cut this. And they're forgetting that like flesh and blood, as far as we know, doesn't have any like outside investors or venture capital investors. Like James started the company by selling a bunch of power nine magic cards. Right. And, like maybe. <laughs> yeah. This and I like think his house. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like got some loans from friends or something. Like, I feel like that's pretty common when you start a business is like, if you know anyone with any extra money, like get a loan from them. But like, as far as we know, they're not like beholden to any kind of shareholders, investors, whatever. So it's like, the company could like operate at a like minor profit or a lean profit. And then also when we've, when they've announced what uh, their plans are for OP next year, they're giving away another half million dollars. They're giving away $1.5 million in tournament pricing. So like, and they're building a new office. They're like hiring. They've hired more people this year. They're moving into a new, like much fancier office and they're giving away another half million dollars. So none of that sounds like a company that's like, hurting for money or doing badly financially. So I right. people are I mean, sort of like, but there's other stuff like, um, like legend of the five rings, uh-huh. um, didn't last super long. Um, but like they showed in the, um, they just, they also just released a, um, legend story studios just released a short documentary called, mm-hmm. was this from store to stage? Store to stage. I think something like that. F- what is it? I think it's from store to stage. From store to stage. And it's a documentary that like kind of lays this out a little bit. I, I wish I could interview James White because I feel like people sometimes don't, I don't know if he'd be uncomfortable, but like, I'd be really interested in like getting a little more in depth of like the structure of the company and like 
to answer these questions that I feel like that always come up in mm-hmm. conversations, but like, why is this not going to happen? What are you planning on doing? Oh, sure. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I guess that's the kind of thing that you don't want to like, like materially and like economically, like, you know, I'm not trying to like look at your taxes or anything, but like mm-hmm. generally structurally, I'm interested as a fan and a player of the game and sure, as someone yeah. who makes content for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, people i i'm just saying people really do seem to still like <laughs> even if they don't admit it like they're, probably isn't going to go away and in time soon they're, they're like yeah. they're bracing themselves yeah. for disappointment for good reason in terms of like looking at all the other card games yeah, that have yeah. happened for the past 30 years did you did you watch i don't know if you did there's like a video on saints channel recently fable hunters where he uh toured the new like office that they're building in new zealand no it was really it was pretty interesting because it was like uh you know, it's like he's talking with James and they're like doing construction at the time. So there's like banging and noise and stuff. But James <laughs> is sort of showing it looks beautiful. First of all, it's like all this like natural light. And it's like looks like a whole floor of a uh, like office building. Um, and James was showing like he was like, here's an area that's going to be like a little like Zen area where you can go chill. And then it was also like there's going to be two separate sections, like one that is for the competitive design team. And then one that is for the casual design team. Oh, interesting. Cause they talked about that earlier this year that they were like doubling the amount of staff. And also we're going to have like a whole dedicated, like more casual minded design team, but okay. it's also going to be like reflected in just like how the physical building is structured that there's like one section of the office. That's like, here's people working on the casual stuff. And then another whole section that's like, here's people working on the competitive side of things. That sounds very neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I'll check that out. Watch that video and then ask yourself: Is this look like a company that's about to run out of money or yeah. like close its doors? It definitely doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you have to kind of have a little faith that they are not like extremely overextending themselves at this point and being yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah, we're making clearly a, you know, I'm guessing five, you know, two mil, like a million dollar office project." Uh huh. Um, yeah. Yeah when we don't when we, when we're like have no savings we have no like yeah bad. yeah come on it's, we're it's printing ridiculous. money at this they're point. giving money away they're like if they were at all lean they would be like let's keep it at one million dollars not go to 1.5 million you could just cut that right. and have five hundred thousand more dollars to spend so uh you know i'm not saying trust the company you know, too, but yeah. like look into it think about it for a second mm-hmm. like they've made a lot of money maybe don't be too concerned about that mm-hmm. you know and like, don't let your economic fears affect your criticism. Don't let unfounded fears affect your criticism of the design of the game. Keep keep them based in reality. Is all I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. Try to separate. Which them is, you know, there are there are actual design criticisms of the game that I personally either don't agree with or do agree with. Sure. And you can argue with things on those merits. I just think it's really strange to be like. Oh, a dip in attendance for one month. Mm-hmm. Um, it it def- it felt like a like a at the end of the summer yeah. when colleges are beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so many other factors in the world why people yeah. wouldn't be playing a game for one month. Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah. Um, it felt like people let their like emotions get entwined with their theories, and a lot of people were like getting really like salty and fed up. You know, it's like people were just like, "I'm sick of Lexi. I don't want to play Lexi. She beats me every time." This makes me dislike the game. Sure. Which and is like totally, that's a valid thing to feel. And uh, it was a long time to have a best valid, deck. You're valid. You're safe. <laughs> you're allowed to not like Lexi. But that doesn't mean that everyone agrees. And uh, also doesn't mean that like people, like 
everyone who hasn't come to a ProQuest or Armory is feels the same way as you or like that's why they didn't. But uh, I liked Lexi. I mean, it was hard and I mm-hmm. didn't like didn't love losing against her all the time. Mm-hmm. But like when you win, it was cool. Yeah. And like it was a fun challenge. That's how metas work. Yeah. Um you're not going to win by high rolling all the time and I don't think that you should. It wouldn't be a good game if that very was all often. you could do. Yeah. Um play Blitz if you want to do that. <laughs> Blitz yeah. rocks for that reason. Yeah. I mean like I like Blitz. Yeah, um, fun. Speaking there, of high rolling, mm-hmm. um, let's get to heavy hitters news. Sure. Heavy hitters. Um, cool is there about. anything else we were supposed to talk about from Worlds? We should talk about the uh, LL changes, but we can do that after uh, after heavy hitters if you want. Okay. Um, heavy hitters is the new set that's coming out in February. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Features Warrior, Guardian, and Brute. Yes, so. and we know those things. Uh, and at Worlds, they released some new cards. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest, we'll just start with the biggest news here. Mm-hmm. The people who are cl- clamoring for adult Kasai are finally getting her. Um, yeah. This is Kasai of the Golden Sand. If you are on audio uh, only, uh, which is fine, you're allowed to be. <laughs> um, her name is Kasai of the Golden Sand. And her hero text says, if you've drawn a card this turn, your sword attacks cost one less to activate. Once per turn action, banish two red and two yellow cards from your graveyard. Sort of like burn them all. Yeah. The next time a weapon you control hits a hero this turn, create a gold token. Mm-hmm. Yes. And go again. So yeah. that's an action <laughs> that you have to decide is going to happen and then you get to create one gold token. If you hit. So instead of like making a, making a copper for each hit, you can sort of like build up and then make a gold for one hit or is it just, it's the next it's just time? One, it's just the next, the next time. time. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. gold is more valuable, obviously. It would be insane if it was every time you hit. Yeah. <laughs> Blood on her hands and then hit six times and make six gold. Right. Yeah. So... I'm not sure I fully understand the play style here yet. Um, it's we, funky, yeah. Because she doesn't actually But it make... sounds powerful because you could feasibly yeah. pitch a blue, mm-hmm. draw a card. Like by breaking a gold? If you already have a gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now you have four cards again. Mm-hmm. Now you're, both your sabers are free. Yeah. <laughs> You have one pitch floating mm-hmm. and you have four cards in your hand. Yeah. So it's so like, they could all be attack reactions. Mm-hmm. You could have multiple pumps. You need, you need to go again. Have go again on them, right? No, but uh, one hand, giving we- one handed weapons go again is relatively Pretty easy. Because yeah. they printed Blade Runner. They gave us uh run through. There's also Glint. So reaction speed, that's already what? Three, six, that's nine, nine cards. Three, six, nine, 12, uh, 15. 15 reaction speed go agains. If you run blues. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I think people will probably run like Rainbow Blade Runner and at least like red and blue uh, hit and run. There's also more reason to run yellows in this deck because you want yellows to banish. So any yellows that are like, you know, like, that's bl- true. You like, have to have y- them. Yellow Blade Runner is still like a great card. You know, it's not like super, it's not as on rate as. So your desensitifies from playing blues, which you probably weren't wanting to do anyway. You still probably want some to pitch, but that's true. You might want more yellows for pitch cards. You don't want to play too many glints. Don't do anything for getting the gold. Well, they draw. Hmm? All right, they draw, but they don't uh, then later. They they do the other thing. 
they work in making your swords, right, 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 right. sword sure, free. Sure, of course. Yes, they do the thing. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't easily make copper, which is like her other, her old specialization works off of copper. So this is an interesting, like, I don't know if we've ever had a hero. Oh or, yeah. So she's got blood on her hands, but how do you make copper? Well, that's the, that's the interesting thing. You can make it with outland skirmish. That makes your next one handed weapon. And spill blood. Spill blood. Makes a lot, or uh, no, spoils of war. Sorry, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. Spoils Spill of war is the axe one, right? Yeah, Spill, uh, spoils of war is uh, plus two and go again to your next attack. And anytime you hit that turn with a weapon, you get two copper. You also can run high striker that like carnival slot card with the big strong guy. That's like the next attack that hits, you get four copper. I think on the red one. So really, you could run that. I don't know if that's worth it. it, it we you get into interesting territory where it's like. Blood in her hands in like regular old Kasai was so good because you were just making copper anyway by playing your cards yeah. and it was kind of free. You know, it wasn't like free. You had to hit with your attacks, but it was just built into your hero that you would make it. And then eventually blood in her hands was like a zero for 12. But so, now, like, so we also got a new young Kasai. Yeah. Which we assume. Oh, so this is probably a good time to touch on the living legend changes. Yeah. Um, You might remember more of the numbers than me, mm -hmm. but Basically, what happened is they've said every single thing is getting more numbers. They you, you, cranked up the LL dial or left some stuff unchanged. But mostly cranked up. Mostly cranked up, yeah. Um, I mean, one example is they took skirmishes from two points to four when already last skirmish season, they took it from one point to two, which I think was pretty reasonable because like the one point for a skirmish, skirmishes were just like the main way that heroes LL'd from Blitz. Because they haven't done a blitz calling in forever. Isn't before? Let's see. Before chain just LL'd yeah. this week. Yeah. Um. It was Viserai mm -hmm. and Icelander and what else? Oldham. Oldham. Oldham okay. and Icelander LL'd in the same. So I gotta say, point. only three heroes in Ever four years rotating is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. is not enough. I <laughs> yeah. think that I think that that's very reasonable. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think the reason that people were a little bit annoyed by it now is that so many heroes are so close because everyone's like Chain, Kasai, Kano, mm -hmm. and maybe Briar. Uh, Ira, I think is really Ira. close. Yeah. Um, not like super close, but yeah, they're in like th that's the thing. They are were probably all, all going to go away. Yeah. So the meta is going to change very rapidly. And then the biggest change, I think, in terms of the way things are done generally, is that there will be an LL check every right. single Monday. Yeah. And then that will that hero will LL that Friday. I believe it's Friday, yeah. Uh, every Monday. I mean, I'm curious to see how like timely this actually is. Because I think, I think they said every Monday, like Eastern time, like American time. Mosquito. I oh, know, I'm sorry. And then it... <laughs> came out more like Tuesday when they announced the chain LL. So like, I'm curious like how timely and like consistent this is. But yeah, the idea is like every single week something can have LL'd and like things will leave. Like chain is the first example of this where he just happened. He LL'd the first week of skirmish season. We didn't even have a blitz skirmish locally to play. So yeah. chain won a blitz armory last week locally. And then now is LL'd. There was only a sealed skirmish. So you just miss your chance to play chain in this skirmish season. Which is fine. It's totally fine. You didn't need to play chain. Um, you had you've had four year or three years. <laughs> um, Not very long to play. Rune so chain, so the the conversation around this was some people were having a conniption about this. There was sure. definitely people I saw online who were like, 
they have to walk this back immediately. Sure. Uh, There's a lot of fear about it. This is horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of like emotions just from people who are like really dedicated to one hero. Like I think it's, it's like good timing, I think, and probably on purpose that like adult Kasai and new young Kasai like followed that announcement so quickly. Yes. Because it's like Kasai is one of, Kasai is a, blitz only hero with a huge like a dedicated fan base you know and it's like also the only it's like kasai and ira i think are the two blitz only heroes that have a decent chance of lling soon so i feel like making this announcement and then not having new kasai would leave people to go like well i like playing kasai a lot she's my favorite hero and she's gonna be ll'd and then what else can i play so so that's my that's my big criticism or not criticism but my my big sort of issue with people being so scared about this uh-huh. is that like they did say they were going to give us replacements. There's going to be a lot more mm-hmm. heroes this year in that article. Right. That's true. Yeah, that was like how it was framed, right? That it was like, but on the other hand, I do think it, this is one thing I don't necessarily feel like LSS has communicated enough. Okay. Um, me personally, when Chain and Prism LL'd, mm-hmm. it was almost a full year before you could play Prism and and again, and there's still no new Chain. Yeah. Um, there's a Vincent, which is a very different deck. And doesn't really use all the same cards. And to a certain extent, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I would. I like. Okay, new Shadow Rune Blade, different. Yeah. But I think that it should happen quicker, and I think that. Yeah. My, I think I've said this before too. My feeling is, is like, if you have the design, mm-hmm. just release it. Sure. Like just yeah. put, just put the card out as a promo or put the card out as, um, yeah, that like, would be really cool. I think, I think what would be really cool is if they just like sent out like LL packs of mm-hmm. like, here's some cards from this new hero and like, yeah, you know, here's whatever. I think there's a lot of different ways to do it obviously that would be like an infrastructural thing that you'd have to have more shipments and stuff. But I think like, Hmm. I think that it, it, they should at least be like, if a hero LLs, Mm -hmm. we've got, I think they should say this. Yeah. If a hero LLs, if this is how the, if this is how they feel about it, obviously. Yeah. Then the next time a set comes out, that hero's replacement will be in the expansion slot. Hmm, okay. I just don't think there's need any need to wait for a whole set. I think that th- I think the thing about Chain and Prism was that it was that Dust Till Dawn was so planned mm-hmm. that there was like a well our 10th anniversary thing is going to be Monarch Part 2 mm-hmm. and we really want to do that and we have this whole idea. 10th set, right? Not 10th anniversary. Whatever. 10th yeah, set. Our 10th set is Monarch Part 2 and we've been planning that out since the beginning of the game. James clearly has a lot of like you know fun ideas about he wants to do monarch in like this trilogy or whatever and like i think the reason was that prism was had to be in that set but i think yeah from now on they can't be so precious about it like it's gotta just be like lexi element like all the elemental heroes are gone and the entire set is banned basically yeah you can't run lightning cards you or, get, or you, ice. You, I do not think that we should have to wait until an elemental theme set you decide to put out comes yeah, out. Like I, d- that's not 
it's great. tough though because like they've they've said that like they're not they might not have frostbites be printed or like in the meta for a while so i wonder if like with the two ice heroes being gone although icelander is the last one who will have to go like they might revisit how ice works and like change up frostbites and i do also wonder like i, I mean i love your idea of like as soon as something LLs be like next set, we're shipping out this new hero. But I wonder if that runs into not just like infrastructure issues, but like metagame testing issues where like, if they just drop in a new chain without having the chance to like properly evaluate what's going to happen, it could have like really bad consequences for the, well, I'm sure meta. it does. Yeah. But if that's the promise, right? Like that yeah, there's going to be, be a replacement for a hero that you love. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're walking that back, you uh -huh. got to tell people. Sure. Or, like, or if it's like going to take a while. Yeah, I don't know. Because we did. We just got some interesting insight on the Instant Speed podcast from, from Brian Gottlieb. Right. When they're talking about. Which uh, we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Earlier. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because um, Brian, they're talking about like Prism and how Brian and James both sort of, I don't remember their exact words, but felt like she fell flat and they were like disappointed that she didn't do better. And Brian was saying that like the reason that she ended up not making an impact is because they was like sort of a flaw in how they tested where they knew that prism had a really bad matchup into Dromai, and they were sort of like, well, that's one bad matchup. Every deck has bad matchups. And then maybe didn't also, they didn't say this, but like considering when that set was being, I assume worked on and tested and like developed, it was probably at least six months to a year ago when Dromai was a lot less played. And <laughs> it was like, there was a time when Dromai was like, not really a force in the meta. Like for a while, Dromai was a deck that was like felt on the cusp. Like it was strong and it had a lot of good matchups. Do you feel like if, <laughs> do you feel like if Prism, like if, do you feel like Prism has a good matchup into any other deck though? Bravo. Bravo is terrible for Prism. The new Prism? Yeah. I think so. I don't mean, I don't play. Illusionist, okay. What else? So probably Icelander like wizard because of the ward and stuff. Okay. I'm not sure, but uh, interesting. Like any other slower deck. So like, if there's new guardian. So do people think that hero is like pretty mid? But do the, do people think generally <laughs> that people think that hero is good except for Dramai? Well, I think because I don't feel like people feel that way. I think the thing is, it, there's sort of like a cascade effect that's interesting. Is like Brian was talking about, like you know, it's like Dramai is such a part of the meta, and like if you have a deck that has that like really awful matchup like what what i've heard is it's like basically unwinnable and that deck is popular you know this is just how it it would work to like if you're someone who's like i'm a strong player i want to think about what deck to play at a future big event uh what about prism well terrible drum my matchup okay scrap that like if, right. if you so can people if, don't work on people it. take like it's like a five minute evaluation maybe like a day to test it against different decks and be like oh it's good against xyz but it loses to Dromai, so I'm not going to bother. And then it just is sort of like a cascading effect. It's like basically no one brings it to like, you look at battle hardens, callings, whatever. It's almost zero representation. So no one's really playing against it. No one's seeing it. Like, like all it took for dash IO was like that one. I mean, this is a really good run that calling, but it's like you watch it. You watch a tournament where someone goes we on. We haven't a talked about this yet either. Oh yeah. But yeah. I'm sure, you know, I'm yeah, sure yeah, watching this show. Yeah. 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 A, a, random what was that battle hardened it was a calling it was a calling yeah yeah uh thomas something don't remember his last uh, name brought a dash io mm -hmm. and went 
14 and one and the only last the only game he lost was the finals the finals yeah yeah <laughs> it was awesome he was like so, so sick yeah i don't even know if i think they were saying no one's ever been done like an undefeated run into top eight in a calling because callings just have so many rounds yeah so uh, so i'm just saying like you do you have that event people watch a stream they're like oh shit dash is good and then you see hype happen like people buy yeah. the cards on tcg player exactly they start playing it they bring it to their armory so i feel like Prism probably just would need like a couple of events like that. Like if a, a, at a battle hardened, someone ran hot, dodged Dromai and like went seven and one or something and made top eight, then people might start playing the hero. And so when that's not happening and I, I think, I mean, you have seen this, especially like in the, the U S I would say that there's a sort of like people do tend to like follow what, other people say the meta will be and like kind of like let it be true and it can be kind of exploitable. Like I think you saw that at US Nats when Charles Dunn was like looking at what everyone else was planning to bring, I assume, and was like, hey, this like defensive Briar deck is actually right, totally. really good into Lexi. Like I think it probably was like So you're saying Prism would have been a good thing to bring into worlds because <laughs> the most played decks were Bravo and Icelander. I mean, the third most played deck was Dromai. Though. Shut up! So you can't. You just you gotta roll the dice, man. You gotta you <laughs> yeah, gotta yeah. believe in yourself. I don't actually know how <laughs> great New Prism's matchup is into Icelander, but uh, Ward is pretty annoying against Wizards and also Auras. Like if you can't clear them easily, right? Like just if if Prism is like goes first and it's like here's a Genesis pass and Icelander has no attacks in hand and then it's like oh no I better hope I draw a scar for a scar so I can like end my turn to clear this aura. It's not good. That sounds annoying. Um, uh, so anyway, Living yeah. Legend yeah. Uh, is now every week. Um, and I just think that, like, I don't think that that's that big of a deal. I think that, yeah, I think people are a little bit too scared of meta changing in the in the beginning of, in the middle of a tournament season. Sure. Because yeah, yeah. people, like, don't have time to test stuff to, like, be like, oh, I'm going to bring a whole new surprise deck. Sure. Like, or especially in, being in like, one week. It's not yeah. like the meta is really going to change that much when chain is out. Like people are still going to play Kasai and Kano and yeah, and, for sure. They'll just know. play the other good decks and maybe be like, I don't need a, this sideboard slot for chain or something. Like maybe there'll be a couple of people who like have such a huge brain that they're like, well, now that chain is not here, uh -huh. I'll be able to do riptide and yeah, win yeah. everything. But I, that doesn't like leak out that fast. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it just seems like not too huge of an issue to me. Um, yeah, people are, are a little paranoid about, they're like, well, you know, what if there's a season, you've been practicing one deck, that deck LLs, what are you supposed to play? Which well, is like... that doesn't really happen in Blitz. Like, if you're only practicing sure. one deck, like, I don't know. That seems weird to me. Like, you're probably going to lose anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. And it's sort of like, I mean, this is just like, the Living Legend system has always had this, like thing tied into it which is that like if you are playing a deck that is one of the better decks and wins a lot eventually you won't be able to play that hero anymore which is so cool because i think it makes it makes people who are like lifers of something like azalea or levia like be able to be lifers so there's this funny thing sure. where it's yeah, like yeah, totally. oh uh, a deck that sucks i'm gonna play only this mm -hmm. for three years it's definitely <laughs> like, you can that's like, that's yeah. that wouldn't exist otherwise unless there was a chance for the other heroes to be going away 
Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, and like a meta can change, and then a deck that's like kind of shitty can suddenly become good. Like who knows what's going to happen to Blitz if like the whole top of the leaderboard is gone. Right. And Mara Ferris pointed out like this is not very nice to specialists. Sure. And my feeling is is like love Mara, no disrespect, but like I don't know if there can be specialists in heroes like Mm -hmm. i don't think this really changes anything because it just means that you will have like droma is going to ll like even if this change didn't happen eventually she's gone i didn't know like soon well sure soon you know she's good yeah i mean maybe if she can actually convert well sure when mara wins uh, the pro tour then she'll probably right when you win the pro tour Mm -hmm. Eventually, she's going to be gone. Unless I'm playing her in the final, in which case I'll and probably... Well, well, sure, obviously. Who knows? Who, who uh, can say what will happen when that happens? <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, eventually the, the system leave. is that the hero goes away. Yeah. And, like, so really we're talking about a margin of, like, well, will it last one month or one week? Right. And then it's like, yeah. well, okay, what are we really talking about here? So it's like, I don't know if that really... I think it just got people thinking about, like do I like the living legend system? Totally. Especially people who have made like their whole channels and their whole mm-hmm. identities or presences online about one hero. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to now see what I think is that like what I'm actually drawn to is not a hero. It's a class. Okay. And, yeah, or yeah. really more specifically. And we've talked about this, I think a, a couple episodes ago an aesthetic. Sure. Yeah. Like people are very aesthetic driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think someone like Mara is like, well, I like dragons. I don't like phantasm as a concept. Sure. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like auras. I mean, I'm sure play. she would play prism or whatever. I think she like, used to. Yeah. When she was legal. But she really found like an aesthetic love for dragons mm-hmm. and, and, this and like a play style hot, love and like know, all this stuff. Hot mommy dragon vibes. But then also, yeah, she's very good at the deck and likes mm-hmm. that play style. So I, I think what I want from LSS is is some sort of statement mm-hmm. on like what are we actually intending when we say we will get replacements because that has been said yeah. once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know when they've said it actually. Like I couldn't point you to the exact yeah. like. Maybe when Chain and pr- when, when Prism LL'd, when Chain LL'd. I think it was before. I think like a long time ago maybe it's on the page for living legend in the concept of living legend it's like and then we'll replace it i I think it says something along the lines of like the hero rotates but the cards remain legal and like when there's no legal hero to play them we'll print a new option and let you play it yeah something pretty basic for sure so vague and i do think that while we're talking about it and while you know while people are thinking about like what does living legend mean for a player who really mm-hmm. loves for me i love kano right it, when kano lls though i'm just excited for a new wizard totally but yeah. i do hope it plays similarly like i don't need the aesthetic to be the same mm-hmm. i'd prefer he was a shadow wizard i'd not literally because i'm i mean he kind of should be anyway because you get the banishing he's banishing yeah, um, yeah but aesthetically i like gothy shit like yeah, that's yeah it's called the banner zone you know mm-hmm. like i like the whole demonastery shadow stuff like visually yeah that's i like horror movies and i like gothy stuff that's what i like personally 
Um, so I don't care <laughs> if Kano mm-hmm. leaves. Okay. But if there's no hero that plays anywhere similarly, mm-hmm. um, I would be very sad. Yeah, this is the interesting so question about it's, it. It's really hard. And I think that they are very confused now what they meant. <laughs> like my sense is that they're like, wait, it can't just use the cards because people really get attached to these heroes mm-hmm. and they have to be the same guy or the same girl uh-huh. or, but then what if it was too powerful, mm-hmm. but we want the play style to feel similarly. Like it, it's a very complicated puzzle they've set up for themselves. And I think that's fine because they're innovating. Like yeah, the yeah, living totally. legend is a very elegant and ingenious system, but of course being the first game to ever try anything like this correct me if i'm wrong on that i have Mm -hmm. no idea i think other games have done non-rotation i think Yu-Gi-Oh is like that and it ran into okay yeah but this is clearly not non-rotation like living people people it's like soft rotation it's a different type of rotation, and they're they're cranking it up too that's the thing is that it's like what it really like the main thing that it feels like with like these changes is that they were just looking at the next year and what did they say? There's 15 new like playable heroes. Cause 15 plus. 15 plus. It's three draftable sets. Just in heavy hitters, we know there's six. So we don't know how many of those are repeats. Like we could have Reinar and Drinthia or well, Bravo. Uh, well, but then the, but then the text is not, changes. Yeah, Kazai right? like, is like different. I, I was saying it could be like Benji or Azalea style where it's like literally the same hero is in the set. We don't really know. But like it's a lot of new heroes. And I think they were just looking at like how crowded the roster would get. And like... Didn't, right. You don't want that to happen, and you also want a chance for like your new heroes to have some kind of splash. Like you don't want it to be going slowly, and you're just like, oh, another new set. Icelander and Azalea are still the best decks, or whatever. Like Droma is still the best. So right. Exactly. You just want to like speed through some of the like more powerful stuff. So I just want them to say, here's what we're actually planning on doing. Mm-hmm. This is the process. If your hero that you love. LLs, mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. We can promise yeah, yeah. within this amount of time we will have this name, this vibe. You know what I mean? Like it's this character. Right, yeah. Or it isn't. Well, we've we've seen that a couple times now because we got Dash Database and IO in Bright Lights and then we're getting Kasai now. So like, well, how do you think these two, I mean, Kasai we don't actually know I'm just saying, the rest of the we, cards. But we also have Vincent, which is not Chain. Sure. And I feel like no one really liked Chain. <laughs> like, he's kind of a weird-looking guy. Mm, sure. And you mean, pe- like, aesthetically? Yeah, people just love the play style. It's yeah, awesome people play love... Style. But I've never seen a, like, Chain guy who, mm. like, I want to play this weird, slick-back, like, 80s rocker who's... Like, Such a, this is an interesting question. Who is, like, the male character in Flesh and Blood with the biggest, like, following? I guess Bravo, maybe? Or Reinar. Reiner? He ma- he's male. He's, right? a, he's like, a guy. He's a guy. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think because you have like, obviously you have like the prison. Kano. I mean, Kano's as a. Kano has dedicated. But he has like a real niche following. Yeah. He's got a dedicated fan base. Because I'm just thinking like some of the biggest. I mean, James White literally said about Kasai, the hero that we've been asked the most to get an adult version of. It's Kasai. Which I guess there's not that many options. It's Ira. There's Kasai. Kano. There's Benji. Ko. Valda. Kavdeen. Guinness. Yeah. 
<laughs> the one Guinness fan in the audience is like, what about <laughs> what about adult Guinness? <laughs> you can't even play him It's yet. Hans Moleman. I wanted adult Guinness. <laughs> I did. Um, <laughs> and there's some like, adult Valda would be cool. I think people like Valda. Oh, yeah. Like, you said guys, though. Oh, wait. I'm just talking about... Benji. Sorry, getting sidetracked. Yeah, Benji has, has a following. I, I got sidetracked because I was thinking about like, what are other young heroes people would even want to be adult? Um, anyway, my point is yeah. I just think that they should really clarify what it means when a hero LLs. Are we only supporting the cards or mm-hmm. are we supporting the people who like that character? It feels like it has to be the character too, to some extent, just because of the way specializations work. Like unless mm-hmm. they want to make spe- specializations, non-functional cards. Like, and I think that's why we have new dash, new Kasai, I mean, New Kasai, I think, is the first interesting case where it's like you have a new hero and she can use blood on her hands, the specialization, but it might function completely differently in this deck since you can't actually just make copper as part of your hero identity. You have to find other ways to do it. So it's like you might run blood on her hands, but it's like not actually the best card in your deck. It might be like kind of a filler block three yellow card. Right. Um, but stuff like Spark of Genius and Teclocore, it's like those are great in adventure extraordinaire dash and they're great in dash io and dash database as well like right it's not really that different it's just like she has a different hero ability so speaking of kasai she also got a new specialization oh yeah called raisin army mm-hmm. which is a yellow block three that says as an additional put it on the screen oh my god as an additional cost to play this destroy x gold you control create mm-hmm. x centauri sellsword tokens uh so you can't draw the cards. Hmm? You can't draw cards from the gold you destroy. You're paying just for the guys, right? Yeah, yeah. You're using it. It's like the same as copper. You're not going to draw from the copper either. All right. So you start your turn and you pop three gold. Mm-hmm. And now you have three of these motherfuckers. Upper right. <laughs> All these cards look the same to me. Yeah. A um, little bit. Their name is Centauri Sailsword. They're a dragon. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> it's a chromai, right? Is chromai have three too? I never remember the numbers on the on the dragons. Don't ask me, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all too much for Kano. But they, <laughs> but they are uh, once per turn action, uh, for one attack, so it's three. And they have go again naturally, which is cool. They have go again naturally, but they can only attack if you've swung your weapon. Yeah, so I guess you're like the leader, and they're like they'll follow if you lead them into battle or whatever. Right, so. Let's see. What's what's how does this work? You pop. Hopefully, you have a. This would be like a big turn. You play raise an army, I guess, mm-hmm. because you pop a gold. I guess the more gold at once you have, the better, because then it's like here's five of these guys. Yeah, like, so deal you're with trying them. to like. You don't want to make it, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can pop a gold. Then hopefully, if you have two more left over. Mm-hmm. Play this. Oh, you're saying pop a gold to draw a card for the effect. Yes, for the effect. Interesting. So I think like I might just save the blue and, and spend the gold to make the, the ally. But then your cards cost something. Sure. But, like, it's not that expensive to, like, swing sabers, especially because you only have to swing one. So, like, if you are tight on resources, you could just, like, swing one saber, give it go again. Okay, so you play, raise an army, you sure. pop three gold. Mm-hmm. You make three guys. Yeah. That's three resources. And they, I guess they also... Then you have to pay for your swords. And the guys cost money, too. That's true. So you could theoretically, like, you do raise an army, then say you have, like, a blue and I'm a, saying if you had three golds, uh-huh. you... Oh, you have to pay for the gold. It costs two. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, wait, that's okay. Because you draw a card. So you, if you pitch a blue and draw a blue, you yeah, actually yeah, yeah. gain a resource. You have one floating. Yeah, I guess the gold, you can basically think of it as like it's net zero resources if you were going to swing twice anyway, because you yeah. spend two, draw a card, and then now it's two less to swing. So if you already have a go again source, then it's just like swing, go again, swing. Well, you swing. Although. Three, th- you swing, and then you have two guys. Oh, yeah. Sell swords. Then you're, sh- that's six. Mm-hmm. And then you swing again. It's free. I guess you'd want to, because they have they have natural go again, right? And they can attack if you've attacked with one weapon. Is that how they work? Yeah, only one. So you could, you I guess that's actually interesting. You want to swing your first saber. <laughs> Think about it. Then attack with all your guys. And then Kasai would end with the other saber. Because right. it's harder to give it's the free. second saber go again, usually. Right. And you don't need to. Yeah. You already have. Unless you do hit and run into the cell swords, which would be cool. Because hit and run buffs any attack. So if you do like blade runner for go again on the first one then break the chain play hit and run then the next one has go again and then also is buffed um yeah so that sounds crazy i don't like that <laughs> uh, i'm not a big fan <laughs> no it's fine but uh it's cool it sounds very powerful it's another class that gets allies yeah um it's, that- f- it's flavor wise fun mm-hmm. paying people to do your dirty work they're very different allies than dragons too which is cool that it's like we're all th- they do is attack well, they can only attack. They don't have Phantasm. They oh, don't why need... Why is this one bigger? That's Ash. weird. Oh, I don't know. Philip, why are you fucking me on this? <laughs> is it actually bigger on the February page, though? Huh. Oh, yeah, it is. The hero? I guess it's probably just because it's... Um, oh, like the quality of it? Can I make it bigger? Can it, can it work? No. Oh, my God. All right, whatever. We can see what the card does. <laughs> Pretend it's like a spoiler video. Dang it. It's like... It's okay. Um, Hold'em. This card's called Hold'em, like Texas Hold'em. This card's called Hold'em, and it says, uh, your next warrior attack this turn gets plus three, and when this attacks a hero, you may wager a vigor token with them. Go again. So wager is the new Mm -hmm. thing that we've heard about. New mechanic, yeah. Um, We didn't know until Worlds what wagering did. Oh, really? I don't think so. I think we, like new wager was a keyword but that was it so when the chain link resolves the attack hit you create a vigor vigor token otherwise they create one which yeah. i think is what people kind of thought it might be yeah yeah um, it is interesting you were mentioning this earlier it's like they don't get to refuse the gamble you're just like i'm betting i can do this and they have to like stop you or you'll get the thing what i would be interested in <laughs> if there was a card or a way to say like no oh like a reaction yeah or like a counter oh man that would be really interesting it's hard to imagine wanting it in your deck outside of limited because it's so situational, but it depends on how we don't know yet. Broadly applicable it is, yeah. Um, That's a fun idea. Um, and this is this is really cool. Like this is reminding me of uh, a, a while ago, like a few months ago or something. We were watching a card guys stream. I think they were streaming like some event overseas. So it was like the middle of the night, and they were like, "Chat, ask us questions to keep us awake." And you were asking Josh, like, "What do you think Dory needs to be better?" And he was like, she needs on-hit effects. Like, right now, the only on-hit effect she has is, like, you know, getting to attack an additional time with the weapon or getting the counters on the Dawnblade. But that's only damage, so people can ignore it if they want to. So that she just needs more ways to do other stuff by hitting. And it does seem like that's basically what wagering is. It's like, this is a warrior action specifically, so <laughs> warriors are more able to. <laughs> I'm trying to fix it. It might be a lost cause. <laughs> it's okay. It might be. Um. This is this is adding a lot of ways for warriors to be like, now if I hit, I get something. And, you know, this one is a vigor token, which I think those are from 
round the table and they are like at the start of are the they turn. do we already have vigor tokens yeah yeah look it up let's find out yeah um i believe they're at the start of your turn they break and give you one resource uh vigor is like energy and there's also valor there it is it'll probably look different right yeah uh, most certainly or most likely i would say um yeah at the start of your turn destroy this then gain one pitch that's probably very powerful mm-hmm. um free resources yeah so just getting more like little things we kind of saw this with bolton too where like some of those new like soul flare cards that it's like if you charge to do this make a bigger token or if you charge now if you hit something happens yeah and then you can this is the test of agility which you can do the same oh this one isn't wager this is clash which i like oh, i like yeah. i like that there's more than one betting where it's like oh yeah this, this is it's a, more like a battle than a is, bet this is a weird one because it's like this is a brute warrior block and it blocks four mm-hmm. um so not a defense reaction unfortunately but blocks four um, yeah which i, did, I don't lo- love you want to be this is reaction. really interesting and i wish i could show you this i'm very sorry i can't um <laughs> it um gosh it doesn't say zero well you can't play it so it doesn't have a cost you can't play it it doesn't have a cost. Does is that how a f- fire fire thing is? Firewall. I think so. Because you're not playing it; you're blocking with it, and that's why they're like very like careful to warn people like don't put these blocks in your arsenal because only the ninja one has like what is it the ambush keyword that lets you block with it from arsenal? Yes. Um, otherwise, it's just uh, yeah, it's it's not a card you can play. It's the same as like uh, cracked uh cracked bobble doesn't have a cost, and like none of the gems have costs yeah um so that's fun i like blocks mm-hmm. um yeah i think they just like but the oh sorry so we didn't explain yeah clash. clash is um clash is uh you don't have to hit it just when it defends mm-hmm. you clash with them and then you both reveal the top card of your deck mm-hmm. and the hero that reveals the card with the greatest power wins. Yeah. So if you hit a non-attack action, you lose. You don't get hit anything. Well, actually, what happens if you both hit non-attack actions? I think no one wins. No one wins. That's, that would be my guess. I'm. Assu- I assume no, no one creates an agility token. If like they a both have, can't be determined. If they both have zero or like null, then who has greater? Like true. Zero isn't greater than zero. Uh, an agility token is go again. I think on your next attack, it's like a quicken, but it just breaks it, at the start of turn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah um so yeah so we got a lot of fun other stuff we got sort of the probably the basic um common uh equipments Mm -hmm. uh which are called um headliner helm stadium centerpiece ticket puncher grand sand leg plates and those are probably like draft stuff they seem a I, little good. I can't imagine people really running this can it you seems good for upf maybe for like a janky upf deck because it's like the more heroes with uh more life than you there are if there's like three of them then you can block for three am i crazy or did i hear about draftable U- upf in this set they did say that that's that's uh i forget where they mentioned that but it is like i just want to say fuck yes that sounds awesome that rocks yeah. But this will be good in draft because you can play UPF. Draftable UPF. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, so these say these all say uh, grandstand leg plates and you know this 
defense is equal to the number of opposing heroes with greater health than you. Yeah. Um, I think they all say that. I think yes. that's the, the theming. Yeah. And there's also a shield that does that. There's like so a, if an you're losing shield. these block four, three. Yeah. yeah. And that's crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, just having those on your, um, on your sip sips. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's, that's, I forgot about that. That's this, this is why it's in the set. 12 block. If you get them all yeah, on yeah. your, on your, on your armor in UPF draft. Um, if yeah, you're yeah. losing in UPF sure. draft. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these are probably going to be actually, now that I think about it, going to be really high picks in UPF draft. In UPF if draft. people play that. Yeah. It sounds really fun. I think what they said was basically just like you do an eight person pod and then it breaks down to two four person UPF matches. And then the winner of each one like faces off in a one-on-one game, I guess, I guess. Sorry. Um, it's actually, um, 15 block on your sip because you could have the you can uh, have the bloody oval which also has that um that's crazy that is they're all very good they're all blade break but that's mm-hmm. a lot of block if you're losing yeah um and could feasibly i mean like having 12 <laughs> block i mean think about how um uh brevent and upf i was just gonna say think about how um powerful and tide turning um husk can be yeah, yeah. And that's only six. Yeah. And it's on one piece of armor. Mm-hmm. And these are just like, like free to block with. It's not like you'll even take blood debt. Yeah, they there's no downside. Yeah, yeah. You just have a shit ton of block. Yeah, that's actually interesting where it's like you're hitting someone and they're not blocking and you're like, I wish they would just give me the armor when it only blocks one instead of saving it because you're actually kind of kind of like gain life right. later in the game. Um, This is very fun. It looks I, really cool. Yeah, the, the set is like, from what we've seen so far, it's looking like it might combine like the best parts of welcome to Wraith and outsiders, which I think yeah. we both agree are the two best uh, draft, sets. draft sets they've ever made. Yeah. Cause welcome For to Wraith sure. just has that like great simplicity of gameplay. Like I think what's cool about welcome to Wraith is that there's like, I've never heard anyone say they wanted to force a hero or that you should force a hero in welcome to Wraith. Like it's just so evenly like whatever is open you should be taking. And there's like generics that support each of the heroes, you know, there's sort of like pseudo talent cards where it's like pummel. If you take that, you're probably Bravo or uh, Reinar. But you can also be whoever. You could just like pummel a surging strike or pummel like a generic if you want. Yeah, no, like, it's awesome. You could. You always want sink below and unmovable because blocking is really good, and you always want reactions because reactions. It's just like there's really basic level, and then I feel like Outsiders was kind of similar where it was like people had preferences and they're like, I love drafting Ninja or like I love drafting Ranger, but there wasn't really any kind of hero in that draft format that people were like oh it sucks because like everyone's going to be trying to be azalea or everyone's going to want to be it's just kind of just like whatever all the classes had ways of countering each other and you just wanted to like build a great deck with whatever your seat was and we haven't seen much of it yet who knows how busted the like brute or the guardian are but if you have heavy to, hitters looks like that if you had to guess the the first three uh cards that were announced um were runner runner mm-hmm. um which is a uh two for six that creates an agility token if it has go again which we mm-hmm. don't know how that's going to work yet sure double down which was uh two for it's an action that's for cost two and then you can destroy a gold rather than pay its cost mm-hmm. um the next attack that wagers gets plus three and overpower 
if a hero would create one or more tokens from a wager and said they create that many plus one of each of those tokens. Right. Um, so plus three and overpower. So the whole point of this is basically like, I really want this wager to work. And it could be for free. Right. If um, I already have a gold, I want to play it, wager. And talk a big game. Choose a number the next time you deal that much more, that much or more physical damage to a hero this turn. Create that many might tokens. Right. Um, which is plus one yeah. to your next attack at the start of turn. Um, yeah, this is a really my cool... My question is, yeah. what rarity are these? Oh, uh, interesting. Can I see Runner Runner again? Um, these are all promos, right? Yes, um, we don't know. My guess with these would be rare. I would also guess They don't rare. seem like commons because they're a little bit more situational. And powerful. And powerful, but they seem like they come in a cycle. Like, surely there's also... Actually, maybe the last one is a Majestic because that's a blue. What is that? Okay. It's a blue zero block three. Create that many might tokens. Unless the yellow is that many plus one and the red is that many plus two. But that's, it's an action? That's possible. This one I could see being only... A, this one I could see going either way. I could see it being a rare that's only a blue. That's true. They could just do that. They do yeah, that yeah. sometimes. I guess there was some... Now that I think about... There's a bunch in uh, Bright Lights that are like... Is an overpower script only red? Oh, yeah. Or there's the backup protocol, red, yellow, blue, and those are all cycles. And there's that gun that makes you, like, put it on the bottom of your deck as an instant. Oh, yeah. Fuel canister yeah, or yeah. something? That's One of those. That's only blue. Yeah, there's totally. Of, they, uh, this is how they do they've it. They've, like, decided, fuck you. It's not everything's a cycle if Things we don't want just, it to be. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, um, which is great. I think that's important. So maybe this one like, is just Because like I feel like yeah. that kind of resulted in a lot of chaff. That was just totally. like, why yeah. would anyone ever play this? Sure. Um, I mean, in, especially if it's not in draft and it's just like, here's a yellow. Like, One thing that would be weird is if ta Talk a Big Game was a cycle, mm -hmm. but... Or there, or there was only two? Okay. Have, they've never done that before where it was like... Just blue red and blue. Blue at red and... A uh, blue at rare and red at uh majestic oh yeah and it made three <laughs> that'd be interesting yeah like the the better one is is red that'd be kind of like it'd be like if they put bittering thorns in a draft set and they're like the yellow and blue are rare and then the red is majestic. there still is no blue bittering horn thorns right mm -mm. <laughs> yeah someone what's his name uh joe biden femboy burger kanye west alan he, he used to do those like troll posts where he would be like judge question when i discard beast within what happens and it just like he'd photoshopped a red beast within <laughs> or he made like a blue i think he made a blue crippling crush people were like this is so cursed i never want to have to think about blue crippling crush existing again yeah yeah, yeah he should make one with blue bittering thorns like a judge question if i hit with this does my kadachi get plus one <laughs> uh yeah that's a good bit that's a that's a funny um, bit so yeah, I th I'm very excited about this set. Uh, just today, we got a new um, assassin weapon majestic. So we've only seen three majestics from this set, mm -hmm. unless one of these is, sure. unless one of the things we were just talking about. Oh, also we saw starting strike, which is a zero cost yellow, mm -hmm. which. Oh, hey, I just realized this is a generic that blocks three. You don't see those that you much. You don't see those that it's an it's an action, not attack action that blocks three. Yeah, and generic. It's that is rare. weird. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all it does is if you don't have a gold token, get a gold token. No go again. Also, so weird. Weird. I feel like that's a rare. That's only yellow. I was just gonna say this seems like it screams only yellow. Also, because what would the other colors do? That's usually an easy way to tell if there's not like a scalable number. Right. Um, it's not like the red makes two gold tokens. That would be crazy probably <laughs> and then think, what would yeah. blue do like create none <laughs> <laughs> uh 
If you or, control, if you control no gold tokens, do not create a gold. If you if you have one or more gold tokens, create a gold token. Oh yeah, That'd be pretty um, good. The blue one. I don't think I? that would work. Yeah, no, it um, makes no sense. So it would. It probably screams yellow. only gold, only yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, but still probably only rare. I don't no, think it's good no enough way. for Majestic. I was trying to think if this could be one of like the token cards that you're allowed to include, like Phoenix Flame or something. But then <laughs> I don't know if it would block three. I think blocking three would be... That's too good. That'd be good. Because then it'd just be like, oh, toss in more three blocks. And uh, here's an interesting question. Do you think this set will also have maximum deck sizes? Or do you think it doesn't matter as much because fatigue is not as central as it is in Bright Lights? Oh, it's going to be central, baby. This I mean, is I guess a it Guardian will, yeah. set. No, I know. But like Brood and... Uh, I, I mean, it depends what they have. Because like the real issue in Bright Lights is that you had you have two heroes with weapons that have like a finite number of uses. You know, Banksy, you have to crank to swing it. And then dashes... And you have to have... You have to have boosted... You have to boost to, to crank... Get a hyperdriver. To, yeah. to crank your own hyperdriver. So whatever number of boost cards and items are in your deck that you can crank, that's the amount of times Banksy can swing. And then same with Dash Database. It's like however many items are in your deck is how many times the gun can shoot. And then Teclavasan is infinite. So it's like there's a very clear like fatigue endgame state. I just wonder like in this set if they all have reusable weapons. You know, it's like there's Guardian and Welcome to Wraith, but Reinar also has a one, a one card four weapon and a lot of block threes. Uh, and then Dorinthia has a one for three and Katsu has two one for ones. So everyone has weapons that can be good in the end game. I don't disagree. I think you're right that like fatigue will play a pretty large role, but I wonder if it will matter enough that they'll have to like, will they have to ban you from making like 48 card decks? I guess is the question. Well, also, yeah, I, I, guess I you, think I, so. Now that I say that you can't really, because the whole issue with bright lights is that it's a one hero set. Oh, that's yeah. why they did it is but because there, there's every card is playable there's definitely cross seems like there's going to be a quite a few dual class which is good yeah but i mean even in even in outsiders where there was like quite a few mm-hmm. it was like you couldn't really have a 50 color card deck or whatever. it's also just like a lot of the generics blocked too so if you were like trying to be a, a fatigue assassin you still had to be like contending with two blocks and no blocks and stuff all mech just meant like the whole set was basically i remember we wondered about this we were like are there going to be two blocks or generics in this set and there are are there two blocks yeah oh some of the like torque tuned and stuff right and the, uh, the stuff gas can up. galvanize yeah yeah, yeah totally um, the non-attack actions um, yeah the one with logan with a tommy gun on it mm-hmm. um, yeah 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 there's there were. two blocks yeah so but there's like being able to get more class cards in your deck and potentially have like 45 three blocks i think and then there's a bunch of no blocks of the items there's a no blocks yeah i think it probably just like created too many perverse incentives of like piling up three blocks in your deck in this set it seems like less possible although i do hope that there's more hybrid cards me too if anything like in more than in outsiders out, outsiders it was uh-huh. great and it like worked well and like a lot of the some of the generics also and like the traps fit into multiple decks, but it still felt like, well, I will say the most exciting about the three thing about the three cards they listed is that in outsiders, there were no Ranger Ninja cards. Oh, do we have all three? We have all three crossovers. Yeah. What do we have here? But the first one is uh, brute warrior. First one's brute warrior. Then we have guardian warrior and then we have brute guardian. Okay. So we have all three brute warrior, guardian warrior and brute guardian. Oh, you're right. The first one was just like, assassin ninja and assassin ranger but no and then assassin ninja no ranger no ranger ninja um brute warrior brute guardian 
the warrior <laughs> I'm trying to think. But this is all the no, combinations. That's, that's all the conversation. Yeah. These right? Three? Brute. It's brute warrior and brute guardian. Uh-huh. Guardian warrior and guardian, guardian brute. brute. And warrior guardian warrior brute. Yeah. No, you're, I think you're right. That's all of them. That's all of them. Yeah, yeah. That is, that's true. So it's like there's more crossover. There's less like. So it's possible that we'll have many more doubles or more dual card and dual class cards yeah um which i really hope because i've you know the thing about ninja and assassin having mm-hmm. both of those is that it just felt really hard like those classes felt a little more powerful and limited than ranger okay um because yeah they were ranger assassin cards but not that many of them yeah i feel like it's mostly traps like the ranger assassin cards were almost all all traps, traps right which yeah. is cool but like assassin ninja got more reactions like attack reacts yeah which it, it i mean you can see the theming of like how it's supposed to of course fit in. no it, i mean it's it's my favorite set for a reason i think it's mm-hmm. a very well done draft set but i just think the idea of having all three possible is that is really cool. cool i didn't think about that yeah because that means that there's really like you can pack one pick one and be like i want runner runner red because it's just a two for six and it has good am i brood am i warrior who knows i'll find out yeah yeah it's very cool um, and one thing I will say I wish for this set in general mm-hmm. is way more reactions. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think, I hope it's like, I, I've, I've talked way. about this on the show before, but I just think that the heart and fun of flesh and blood is the reaction phase. And it like creates these interesting, there's a lot that lives in there. Yeah. I like instance, obviously as a Kano player, but yeah, like, totally. I think like, being able to surprise and then being able to not count on them not having a defense reaction, like yeah. having those clashes like down the chain mm-hmm. or, or down the that link sure. is like yeah, so yeah. cool and probably the one of the most underexplored design spaces in the game. Yeah. I'm um, having a lot of fun with that with Katsu where it's like all about the reaction step sometimes or like the hit effect step. Worlds was one in the reaction step kind of. This year? With the Art of War. Oh as yeah! An instant. Wait, then that happened la- uh, at the Pro Tour as well. Remember, I think Michael literally won by pummeling Mara. Like he played a pummel, and that was how he won. <laughs> yeah, two floating. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, reactions. Uh, uh, reactions is, are powerful, and it, I get why they are a little like scared of them. Hesitant. But, like, yeah. It's what's so cool about them though is that it's like it feels similar to instance than like wizard shenanigans, but it doesn't happen on the opponent's turn, so it's like it's not quite as like out of nowhere, but it is like it, it feels cool that certain classes like warrior and ninja that are very specifically like not wizards deal no arcane damage can still like have tricks that people are like, I can't do anything about that. Like I can't stop it. I'm just fucking dead to this because yeah. I didn't play around it. Um, so I hope we get more reactions. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's also, it's warrior and brute and guardian. So I think we will, um, but we haven't seen any. Those classes all do have like, we have only seen the only one we've seen is a majestic, right? Uh, a reaction or um yes we've only seen one and it's a majestic and it's expansion slot so not oh drafted. right the arachne card so today we got um this is probably the last thing we'll talk about because i'm mm-hmm. tired yeah um we got a new majestic dagger mm-hmm. um for assassin um which says it's the same thing two for one go again piercing yeah. one instant destroy two silver you control Equip this with a plus one counter. Activate this ability only while this is in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you flick it, mm-hmm. 
you can pay two silver and get it back. And now it's a two for two. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And you could do that theoretically forever. But as we talked about earlier, it will not retain the counters. I don't think it will retain them. Because <laughs> if it did, boy, could you make that your entire That'd be game pretty plan. It sounds like fun and a really degenerate, like, I like making people miserable kind of way. Well, of because it'd like be like Dustblade where you can't stop it. Yeah. But it would take <laughs> fucking forever. I was going to say, it would take, so <laughs> if you're like, block, 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 uh, swing one, and then also flick this dagger, and then like, okay, next turn, uh, buy it back for, for two, uh, swing two. And you couldn't even, you have to like swing it. No, you couldn't do it every turn because you have to make two silver. You have to, you have to make the silver, and you also can't like flick it when you attack with it. You have to like attack with that and then another dagger and then flick it. Uh, so it would just be yeah, forever. It seems like a, it would take a long time. I don't even know if it would be too powerful. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Because if, if that's the game plan and that's what they're going for, just be like, I'm going to block your silver generation. I mean, it's hard because Arachne yeah. is like a fatigue deck and is trying to push oh, man. through. But I kind of hope it does work like that. <laughs> um, I doubt it. But I know it doesn't, but it kind of But we'll see. We'll see what happens they with like, Because the only reason we know it doesn't is because it stops being that object and then it becomes a new object and it can't. I think that's possibly like there's nothing in the rules that allows it to retain the counters. I think that's how equipment. I mean, that's how like minus one counters work on all the blade break, like the battle worn equipment that they can buy back. They buy it back. It doesn't have the counter, right? Like it loses the counter. It loses the counter. Yeah. So this would lose a counter. So of yeah. course that as far as the way the rules work now, it should lo lose the counter. It would be very funny if it doesn't. Yeah, why not a little uh, chaos? <laughs> why, why not let them, chaos? Why not let them revel as babes? <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Arachne got a new specialization called Coercive Tendency, which is a blue uh, zero-cost block three, um, which ninjas are not allowed to run, thank God. Hmm? Um, <laughs> blue zero-cost block three? Yeah. They can't, they can't run this card. Oh. it's an assassin card. Sure. We did get Concealed Blade in uh, Outsiders. That was cool. Shh, be quiet. <laughs> uh, it's an Arachne specialization. It says, look at the top three cards of the Defending Heroes deck. Put them back in any order. Then banish the top card of their deck. This is an attack reaction, by yeah. the way. Zero cost. If you complete a contract this way, your assassin attacks get go again this combat chain. So even the one you played. Yeah, yeah. Chain, you don't even have to chain by the way. Not This turn. combat chain. Yeah, not, not chain link and not turn. It has to like keep the chain open. Yeah, so you can give the one that you're attacking with go again. But you have to be so you have to like play it while you have a contract on the chain that you're pretty certain you can fulfill. So like a pretty easy contract that's like hit a red card or hit a attack that hit a card that costs one or less yeah. against like a fi deck. If it's if you're playing a guardian, you play surgical react uh, surgical attraction. If you're playing a ninja or Dramai or something, you play uh, leave no witnesses, and yeah. then you play this as a reaction. And then you can play the rest of your hand in Arsenal with Go again yeah. uh, in certain cases. That's fucking crazy for Arachne. It's pretty cool, yeah, because that's, like, one of the big things that assassins are gated on is, like, they don't get Go again. I mean, we saw that Uzuri win the calling, and to get Go again, you know, he was using stuff like E-Strike obviously is good, but then, like, Nimbleism and... Uh, What's the one that like it's flicks the dagger? It's extremely important that this is an Arachne specialization, by the way, because if it was that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but that is true. This would make Redline Uzuri probably kind of cracked. Extremely busted, I think. Yeah. Um. Just yeah, wouldn't be fun because you have all the stealth cards. Then it's just like zero cost four 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 plus blood rot plus frailty. Yeah, then you suddenly <laughs> become solitary confinement. Like yeah, solitary confinement for, for three three times a game. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you also still have reactions, so you might be able to like. And you can still Azuri. Yeah, on stealth <laughs> stuff, everything has go again. So you you have to be swapping in an assassin attack to keep the go again. Yeah, you just but, use. Um, or you just end on on Azuri. Well, you, Azuri's already do leave no witnesses and already dead and uh, that's shakedown and. Yeah, there's a lot of. Ooh, yeah, this would be good. This would be really good. <laughs> well, that's why it isn't that way. <laughs> it's just for Arachne. <laughs> they need the help. It's just Arachne. So that's cool. They don't help. So only that, have that's our first. Regicide. That's our first expansion slot for um, first two expansion slots for heavy hitters, mm-hmm. which is very fun. And we're gonna get. We're gonna see more as shout out to as our friend from Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, as from jolly old, gaming. jolly yeah. old. Oh, lovely England. old job. Has he? He kind of stopped saying oh, he, that. Oh no, he says it all the time. Oh really? Okay. You've just gotten used to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> lovely, most lovely old job. He's then, always saying lovely old job. Yeah. He has uh, got a, an expansion slot, which he has announced is a legendary Azalea specialization. Um, Very exciting. I'm not excited for that because <laughs> I don't want to be dominated. Just, uh, just play Azalea. In this game, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, just dominate people instead. That's true. I could play Azalea, but I don't know if I want to. Yeah, um, I don't know. It seems but fun. I'm excited for Az. I'm excited for the people about to get something really fucked up. Yeah. Um, Azalea's already She's good. already so good. She's already great right now. She just didn't have the best performance at Worlds, but I think she was like a solid pick for Worlds. Bravo yeah. matchup is dicey, I think. I don't know, but we'll see. This could be the juice that she needs to rise to the top. Right. Okay. Anything else we need to talk about? Mm. I don't think so. We covered LL changes. We covered worlds. We covered the heavy hitters spoilers. Yep. Yeah. That has it's been what's going on mm-hmm. uh, in the world of flesh and blood for the past month. That's the way it is in Wraith. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, We're probably going to have a lot more time next month. So hopefully we'll do uh, at least on time. Uh, maybe a little more if we're having a good time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Talk it. about more stuff. Yeah. Maybe um, there is, I feel like we, we never actually talked about round the table cause we were like busy and didn't record episodes when it came well, out. One thing that happened on tour, by the way, mm-hmm. um, I stayed with my guitarist's friend, um, went downstairs to his basement and what did I see? Mm-hmm. The round the table box. And Incredible. I was like, you play flesh and blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you play flesh and blood. Wow look what I have. And I pulled out my professor box yeah. and I pulled out my mats and I was like, we're playing right now. And he was like, it's midnight. You want to play right now? And I was like, if you want to, he's like, yes, I do. So <laughs> he pulled yeah. out his sleeved Ira deck from the round table. The only flesh and blood cards he had. Well, I think he had bought in one box of maybe bright lights or sure, something, but hadn't, give you much. hadn't made a deck yet. And we played five games. Nice. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I played my, <laughs> I pl- I had brought the uh, Dory versus Reinar decks mm-hmm. in case I ran into somebody who wanted to play but didn't have a deck. Mm-hmm. So I played Dory versus Ira and Reinar versus Ira, and I ate shit because those <laughs> decks are very underpowered compared to Ira. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially like Ira. I did I did win one or two I think, sure. but um, yeah, because I feel like Ira it just like in a vacuum like the other the other three decks are all like better in UPF Ira. It's a weird deck to be playing in UPF because you have nothing to offer, like politics-wise. You're just like, I'm attacking, but in one-on-one, that's just like a decently pat, like playable, like Blitz, deck. Blitz Tiger deck. Yeah, it was painful. Yeah. And, well, I mean, also he was brand new to the game, so it was a lot of fun. But I, I, I had to be like, so you pitch blues 
don't pinch that red. You yeah, should yeah. hit me with that. Play it. Yeah, so yeah. like he won because I was helping. Sure. Um, but there were cards in his hand that let him kill you. John, if you're watching, you won because I was helping for the first couple games. You definitely won a couple <laughs> uh, that I was trying to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. That Dory deck when it's not against like a weird janky Reinar struggles. Like, I guess like, I mean, Do- Reinar I think- sucks. That that deck is one of the worst flesh and blood decks I've ever played. It's just a weird pile. I remember like we, we played with a friend. It's like, whoa, do I'll do six. I How about like, that? I felt like all I wanted to do with it <laughs> was like block and swing the club. Cause I was just like, well, these cards are like unplayable garbage. And then I have a, a pitch and get four value card here. I think I'll just block with them and then tech yeah. four. Yeah. So Dory also similarly, not weird. the highest quality games, but it was great to meet someone who was excited about flesh and blood and mm-hmm. just was just starting to get into it. Yeah. They are good against each other. I'll this say that. This was in like, Denver, Colorado. So if you're in Denver, Denver, Colorado, leave a comment. Where should my friend go <laughs> oh, yeah. to play? Uh, and find a good community in Denver, um, and I'll I'll text them. Um, but yeah, that's so round the table. Beautiful product, mm-hmm. we love it. We got a box of it. You had to get those bittering thorns to win the ProQuest. I did need those two bittering thorns very badly. <laughs> and shout out to David Citric, of course, for lending me the last one. And the David Citric, who I'm sure will be on the show very soon, mm-hmm. hopefully over Christmas. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe he doesn't celebrate Christmas. Um, so maybe he'll. Why be do you think here. that? I don't know. Okay. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. I mean, he's Jewish. Is he? Isn't he? I don't know. I thought you were Jewish, David Citric. I think you are. Anyway. <laughs> he's a comedian. Maybe. Are you getting that confused? <laughs> That's right. I'm uh, thinking of the fact that he's a comedian. Anyway. Thank you so much for watching the Banish Zone podcast. Uh, this has been episode 25. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back soon. Halfway to 50, baby. <laughs> catching up with you logan yeah yeah we'll be there soon 25 podcasts (laughs) in a row if you scroll down on the app they're they're all there Uh uh-huh we're definitely interested in competing with that kind of uh (laughs) high score yeah Uh, i want to kill myself to make my flesh and blood podcast because i'm stubborn um we we love you oh yeah if you're audio only it'd be nice if you went to youtube subscribe Mm. there you just search banish zone podcast or banish zone flesh and blood on youtube um there's links in the descriptions yeah uh follow me on twitter i'm at banish zone follow chris on twitter he's at blue plunder run um what else what else uh no plugs anymore oh listen to my band listen to stay inside we've got a new record coming out february 28th um so i'm very excited about that um if you want to hear me talk about movies you can go to generation loss listen to generation loss um Anyway, thanks so much. Until next time, you are banished. You're banished.